Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Studio. I'm your host, Martina Flora, and in this show I have honest conversations with artists, designers, and creatives to uncover their story and the specific tactics they use to build a successful career around their skills and the work they love doing. This is a special in-between episodes which serves as a recap of the episodes from the last month. It features a short clip of each conversation in one place so that you can jump around and get a feel for both the episode and the guest. And then you can always dig deeper by going into one of those episodes. For the full list of the guests featured today, see the episode description below, right below where you press play in your podcast app. Or as usual, you can head to martinaflor.com slash podcast and find all the details there. Please enjoy. Episode 70, Martina Flor, strategies to showcase your artwork and attract more opportunities. I see artists often doing the, the following mistakes, which is they show all of the work they do. They show everything they have done and they currently do without editing. And you might resonate with with this thing that I'm going to say right now, but as creatives, we have many different interests, right? As creatives, we we are interested in, well, in my case, I'm interested in lettering, but I'm also interested in, you know, pottery, and I might have exper experimented with this and that, right? And this is part of, you know, our attitude. Uh, we have grown into a a state of curiosity, which leads us into many different creative endeavors, right? However, the, sh the work that you show needs to be edited. You need to edit the work that you're showing um, so that someone that visits your website or checks your Instagram or goes onto your blog um, gets an idea of what you're all about, gets an idea of what is the thing that you're trying to do, what is the, the main tool that you're using to create an impact with your work, right? So we know that you're very creative and most of us artists are have several creative endeavors, but the one thing that you need to show and show often is the one thing you want to get more of or you want to do more of and this is why editing your work is so important now this is a, a common mistake that i see artists doing that they they share everything they do they share um every single creative experiment they do they share it on their social networks or their website or uh, their blog and it's fine to share your journey with others um, you know as you share different creative endeavors uh, you may also share uh, other things that have to do with your life and personal stuff and family stuff right why not sharing your different creative endeavors but um, what is important is that when it comes to attracting the opportunities that you want to attract and the clients that you want to attract, you need to give a clear message. You need to, at a first glance, explain to them what you're all about, what you can do for them, and you know, just be really clear about that message. So editing your work is very important. Now, another mistake that I see artists doing is that 
they show the work without context as, as a pretty picture. So if you scroll down their website, you just see pictures and you don't, you don't get to see the working context, no mock-up, no, um, no signification of what that thing is. Right. Um, and I, I often say this to, to the members of my group coaching program where we work through, you know, creating a portfolio that really connects them with, um, with their ideal customers, um, that we need to, we need to put our work in context because we are not only creating pretty pictures for the sake of creating pretty pictures, but we are also creating tools for our customers to connect with their audiences that help them tell their stories, that help them um, sell their products. So if we are creating, let's say, a lettering piece for a packaging, we need to show that lettering piece in context. We need to see, we need to show our, um, or the visitors of our website or our Instagram account or whatever, whatever, whatever place we're showing, we're showcasing our work. Uh, we need to show our working context in a way that um, shows potential clients and collaborators what what is the work doing? What is that lettering that I created doing for my customer, for that person that um, commissioned me with that project, right? So I see this happening often that when I go to the website of an artist or a, com a commercial illustrator that I see, I just see pretty pictures and I don't get to see the working context. So if it's a, a, an illustration for a, a magazine cover, I don't get to see the magazine cover or the illustration in the magazine cover. Uh, if it's an illustration for a, uh, a packaging or a product, I don't get to see the, the illustration in the, uh, on the packaging and the final product. Um, and there's also no explanation behind, um, behind that result. And I really think that as artists, we also need to put to the front, the fact that we are not only like pretty picture makers, but also that we are, we can think conceptually, that we can elaborate ideas. And this is why giving your work or showcasing your work with context is so important. Giving an explanation why you came to this result can also give um, potential clients and uh, people checking out your work an idea of who you are, where you're coming from, and what you know, what is your way of thinking um, about a certain project. Another mistake that I, that I see artists often doing is that they post their work only on Instagram as the only way to get discovered. They they really believe that the more time they invest on social media, if they get more, if they invest time in growing their following, they will be they will connect with more opportunities. They will find more clients. And I often say that Instagram is not necessarily the place where you will find your customers. Uh, Instagram is really like going for the wide, for the wide audience. Whereas perhaps in the beginning, you should be focusing more into connecting with, um, 
with clients one-to-one instead of trying to show, you know, your work to a wider audience and hoping that some of this will end up being clients, right? I think that um, focusing on just a few clients and reaching out directly to them could be a much more um, productive strategy. Episode 72, Martina Flor, finding a creative community to accelerate your progress. Another thing that I see artists doing is that um, they go look for community on social media. And although the initial um, motivation of social media was to create community, to, to bring people together, nowadays the reality is, is, is very different. And I see often um, artists spending a crazy amount of time on social media and ending, ending up drained and feeling uh you know feeling imposter syndrome anxiety um so and i believe that there's much better uh ways to connect with people than um through social media although you can create um connections with people um i think it is um, a miss it's it's misleading to to think that social media is a place to find community So I want to leave you with a few ways in which you can find community or foster community or create that sense of community or use that tool in your own journey as an artist. And I want to leave you with two things today. Of course, I can, I could list places where you can go and find um, like-minded people right? Uh, I could tell you, you can go on, on Facebook groups or you can go on, uh, on meetups, uh, local meetups. So you can go to creative mornings and there's a lot of different places where you can go create a community. But I, I would like to come down to two, um, to bring it down today to two uh, strategies, which is you can create your own community. Um, you know, invite people that you're interested in and that share your interests to meet. You can do it in your city. You can do it online. You can also find an online platform, a a suitable platform that enables communication. I think that you should always strive for finding a place where you can connect with each other easily without friction. Um, you know, if you also, if, if you don't want an online platform or you don't want to create that community online, you can also, um, you know, find places and or rent spaces and meet with that people in person. Um, I have a friend of mine. She is, uh, she was born in Japan. Just a miscellaneous story here. She was born in Japan and she she has been living in Berlin for, I believe, over 10 years and she is in the last years she she found herself craving for some of the Japanese tradition um, that she grew up with and she has a kid and she wanted to pass some of that tradition to her kid and she created or she started organizing these meetups of Japanese families in the city of Berlin. She rented a space. She rents that space once a month, and she calls the the community, or she invites the community to come to those meetings. And they have been 
really successful, so successful that she needed to find a bigger space to host um, and to accommodate all of that people. So creating um, creating in-person meetings or meetups can also be a possibility for you if you don't feel comfortable running in an online space. You also have to think that Running a community requires work. You know, a community needs to be nurtured. They need certain um, regularity. They need reasons to come together. For instance, in our community of, of lettering artists and illustrators, we have monthly meetups and we get together to draw and produce. We call this a lettering pal. And we get together for an hour just to draw and to create a piece of work. And in my coaching program, for instance, we we create these touch points, which are not only the coaching calls, with, which are, you know, um, um, bi-monthly meetups, but also we have retreats. So these are um, very intense, intensive uh, two-day or one-day uh, meetups where we get together to work on our businesses or the members of the program get together to work on their businesses, right? So the, you need to create these touch points for your community to come together. You need to create also um, certain regularity. You need to provide certain regularity. So creating a community, it is work, but it's possible. You can really create your own uh, it doesn't need to be huge. You can really connect with a couple of people you know or you want to get to know and um, put a date or put a, a regular date once a month, once a week and get together to discuss certain topics. The other approach is to join a community that is already created of people that are on the same journey and people that are doing it. I always recommend artists to, sh to join communities where they can find people that are really um, going through a similar process and they're motivated to achieve a certain goal. And even when the goals are not exactly the same, that you're really on the same mind space or head space, right? Um, I know that many people join our community of lettering artists because they want to get that peer support um, and that guidance to really keep them accountable along the way of getting really good at lettering, right? And this is why they they decide to join a community that has already that structure and has already all the meetups and the regularity and the touch points that the touch points that they need to get better at their work. Episode 74, Martina Flor, the end of the year, an unavoidable deadline for your goals. What is it that you do every day, right? And whenever someone, you know, whenever a student or a member of my coaching program tells me like, well, I don't have time to do client outreach or I don't have time to, you know, to do this or that, or I don't have time to practice, right? I ask them, okay, where is your time going? Like, where are you investing time? And oftentimes, you know, we notice that, you know, perhaps you're reading, you spend, I don't know, three hours or four hours a day reading and replying emails, right? And I remember that 
that one of our guests um, from previous episodes uh, called Liron Lavi, um, one of our guests who actually spoke about productivity uh, for creatives. And I remember that she said something that stayed with me forever and really, really made me think about how much time I dedicate every day to read emails and to uh, reply to other people message, messages that come through social media or through WhatsApp. And she said, no one will honor you for replying all of your emails within 24 hours, right? And she, and it, I thought it was so funny and so truth that no one will think that you're a better person because you reply to all of your emails and you do it right away, right? And I have to say, since I had that conversation with her, I actually only read emails once a day for a maximum of one hour. And Reading emails is not the first thing that I do in the day. Sometimes I do it by midday. So after I tackle the first, um, the very important things that I want to tackle that day. And I'm going to speak about more in detail about this in future solo episodes, because I want to give you this um, tactics that really help me improve my productivity and work less, which is great. Um, but yes, this this conversation that I had with Liron really really made me think about how much time goes into that. So whenever tells me, whenever someone tells me, hey, I don't have time, I ask them, okay, where is your time going? Analyze first where your time is, is allocated. Are you spending three hours of your day reading and replying to emails and messages, right? The other big question is social media. Tell me how much time, how much screen time do you have? How much time do you spend in social media? How much time of of your precious day goes into just scrolling down someone else's feed? Um, or tell me just how much time do you spend just looking at your phone, checking on Twitter and all of that, right? Um, so the bottom line is here, we time is the only thing we have. Time is a resource we all have. The question is, where are you, you know, where are you investing your time? Where is your time allocated? Because I'm sure that the precious time that you have right now is going into things that perhaps you don't notice that, that um, are taking that time, that precious time from you, right? So get rid of the things that are stealing your time. First, identify what are the things that are stealing your time, right? And get rid of the things that are stealing that precious time and instead allocate time to work on the things that really matter to you. You know, the things that, whatever it is that you want to accomplish, the, the things that help you improve your skills and do work that you're really proud of or the things that bring you closer to the projects and the clients that you want to work with or you ever dreamed of, or the things that really keep you working on your genius zone the majority of the time on earth, which is great. Imagine if you could, you know, if you could use that time to work on things that you're really good at and that really make you happy. So, you know, time is such a valuable resource and we need to start using it more intentionally. And I hope that this, this one question that I'm posing here makes you think about where is your time going and um, also keeps you away of 
keep on putting this as an excuse. Oh, I don't have time to do that, right? Okay, but then where is your time going? Where are you, where are you investing your time, right? So that was the, the step number two. I said, step number one, put this as a priority. Step number two, eliminate clutter from your agenda and block time. And step number three is commit. Make the commitment going forward and do your best. Um, go out and look for accountability. And I have to say that going back to the story that I said before, um, you know, I made the commitment of becoming a lettering artist. It wasn't a thing that happened right away. You know, the acquiring a skill and mastering a skill it's a long game and I did, I made a commitment of going for it and really becoming a lettering artist. It's not a thing that, you know, it's not a, an overnight success. It's not a love at first sight. It's you, you may have discovered that you have a skill or you may have found a skill where you feel that you keep on coming back to. You felt that spark, that there, there, there's something for you in this, in this specific craft, right? Now, once you discover that, you need to commit and just go for it and dedicate time and really um, nurture that skill in order to turn it into something, right? Now, I always say that, you know, something very important in this process is to go out and look for accountability, right? And when I look back at my own story, this story informed the way I conduct my academy nowadays and my programs nowadays. We use this system that I call the three C's. So we use um, the three C's stand for uh, C for content, right? So you, you, you need to consume the right content, a content that is appropriate for the thing that you want to um, expand or the goal you want to achieve. Um, the other C stands for community. So you need a community of people that are on the same journey and really support you and keep you accountable. And we the, the third C stands for coaching, for someone that really guides you throughout the process, right? So when I say commit, it's not only committing to this, um, to accomplishing that goal, but also looking for the, for a container that gives you these elements in order for you to achieve that goal, in order for you to improve those skills, in order for you to really um, finally start your solo business, in order for you to pivot careers, in order for you to really uh, go for it and accomplish this goal. So this is it. I hope you loved this episode. You can find me, the host of the show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to all our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. If you loved this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Martina Flores Open Studio. Bye-bye.